You're listening to Curious Conversations About Sex, and my name is Rog. Please be mindful that some topics might be great stuff for younger people to listen to, and some might not. Curious Conversations About Sex is brought to you by Curious Creatures, who run a variety of workshops on related topics in Australia. Find Curious Creatures and submit your questions for us to answer at curiouscreatures.biz, B-I-Z. And with me today is BJ and Eri. Uh, BJ, perhaps you'd like to say just a, a little about yourself. I'm BJ and I'm from Eagle Leather in Abbotsford, which is a fetish store. Um, it's been operating since 1994. Uh, we deal mainly in fetish gear and sexual education programs as well. Fantastic. And Eri, who are you? Hi, I'm Eri and I run Blue Velvet Arts, which primarily hosts workshops on rope bondage, BDSM, kink, and cultivating positive sexuality. Fabulous. And so to today's question, which is, how do I learn to be a dom? And I just want to say, uh, particularly with the two of you, Ari and BJ, I'm really delighted to be, to be tackling this question with the two of you, because I know you both have a delightful, personable, quirky kind of a style about the way you dom. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if um, one of you would like to start, but yeah, how, how does one learn? How would you recommend someone goes about learning how to dom? Well, this is a subject that is very dear to my heart, because when I got into BDSM, I started working at a dungeon as a submissive, because I had no experience, and so of course shouldn't be trusted as a, a switch or a dom. And they didn't have a regiment program for training in the arts of BDSM. Oh, just and like so I went through the school of hard knocks. Yeah, wow, you really oh, did. Oh yeah, yeah oh, literally, literally <laughs> I'm serious. And a lot of the things that happened to me, I look back upon, and, and some of it's comical, and some of it was deeply traumatizing. So it has become so important to me. One of the reasons I'm an educator in BDSM is because I want people to come into BDSM from a much healthier, consent-based, negotiation-based place. Yeah, like I know that some uh, commercial dungeons, I guess, have like a, a apprenticeship programs and things like that for mistresses where maybe a, a mistress will start out just um, doing doubles, I guess, and, and then they, they have little roles or they get to watch watch scenarios. Was this the case? Can, can I ask you? Uh, yeah, can I ask you a question? Is this yeah, okay? Yeah. yeah. So the dungeon that I started out in did not have anything like that. Um, and I didn't stay at that dungeon for very long. I, I was so naive. I just wanted to work in a dungeon, very excited, started working at the first dungeon I found. Tough game. And came to, yeah, I came to realize that it was run by um, someone who was just more profit-minded. He wasn't interested in the physical or mental well-being of any of the girls working there, and it was all girls. It was a dungeon. Um, that with, fine little yeah. spot where capitalism and sex don't always merge well. Right, yeah. right. And the dungeon that I moved on to after that um, was so much better. Was really concerned first and foremost with the the mental and physical well-being of everyone who worked there. And it was just night and day, going from one to the other, and seeing, having that contrast in my own personal experience, being in one place where I was just um, an expendable commodity for profit, and then going to another place where I was cherished, and and looked after and nurtured. Uh, that, that was just a really lovely transition, and it just made my experiences at the first dungeon so stark stand out in my mind and realize just how important it is when you're... I mean, there's 
this is one of the, at least in America, there's no, you don't have to get a license or a certification to be a dominant. You can just start doing it, whether or not you have any training, yeah. no matter what background you're coming from or what your intentions are. I mean, and, it, better and that worse, can be, huh? yeah, better or worse. Exactly. That can be really reckless. That can be amazing yeah. as far as the ability of a person to become a dominant and, and really facilitate healing and deep experiences. But it also gives dominance operating under false bravado about their skill levels, the ability to traumatize people. So, so based on that experience, what would your advice be to someone that's setting out on whether it's a personal or professional path or whatever? What mm-hmm. would your advice be about how to become um, a dom? As many avenues of education as possible. So reading, taking wor- workshops. If you have the ability to train with someone, if there's an apprenticeship program with someone that you know is, is respectable, is someone who's like a healthy member of their of their community um being able to at least observe them in action it's wonderful that's very beneficial i've had um i've had the privilege i have a friend who's um just a wonderful dominant in la and she's allowed me to sit in on some of her sessions kind of partake in some of them but just watching just watching her dynamic and and just the way she approaches it has has been so wonderful so yeah that the observation of someone in action in addition to reading. Um, really, I think it's important, like any kind of videos that you might watch, knowing the difference between what is fantasy, fiction, pornography, and what is actually mm. educational material. That's a good distinction to make. And it's so, so, it's, it's so important, but so hard to know before you know what you don't know. Yeah. And I mean, it's, the internet is so filled with ideas and people who want to share their ideas, and I think that can be very inspirational, but you really need to have healthy skepticism mm. you uh, like for example um, when I teach rope bondage I tell people you can look online and find a lot of inspiration for rope bondage positions but you need to keep in mind that the person you're working with might not have the same body dynamics and abilities uh, as the person you're looking at in the photo so it's really about finding inspiration and education and then adapting them to your skill level your style and the people that you're working with mm. and that takes a lot of common sense mm. in addition to education and familiarity well, yeah. lots of practice perfect example of making sure you don't replicate porn into your play scenarios with everything is that we, we sell um violet wand kits and for those who don't know what violet wand is it's normally uh it's a, it's a globe which emits kind of a, a light or and it gives a bit of you have a bit of a gap between the flesh and the globe and you get a bit of an electric the arc creates a bit of electric spark so it's a zappy type type of toy and so on some um, pornography that, that, that you'll watch they'll actually they have these specially made globes which you can insert into people and of course, it has no effect really. It looks good visually because it lights up. But yeah, you but there's need no to gap. A, you need to create yeah. an arc to to create that yeah. bit of the zap. But the problem is that most violet ones on the on the market are oh, the globes are made of glass oh, and they're not of this particular type of material. Oh. So there's people out there trying to replicate what they see. Yeah, in these films and tried to bring it into their play scenarios. Are we talking broken glass? Oh, we're talking about it. Oh, yeah, I want to call orange <laughs> on this conversation. <laughs> Shut up. Um, all right. So maybe VJ, uh, what are your more broad thoughts on how how to learn to be a dom? How did you learn to be a dom, and what are your reflections on that? So I was pretty young. I worked in an, an adult store originally. It was I. I think we've talked about this before where I didn't really fit into the area that I grew up in out in the country and there was a job in a position that came up into an adult store Um, 
And I, through there, I started reading some of the literature, and there was Venus and Furs was one of the books that, that kind of captivated me there. Um, there was a few other novels that, that I would read, and then I started learning a bit more about it, I started experimenting about it, fumbled my way through it, of course. Uh, and then, yeah, I started to explore a lot more with it, um, mainly because I mean, I was very open-minded at, at, at a young age, even as a, in my teens, I started having an open relationship and we started swinging and things like that. And I had to feel, well, I felt like I had to up the ante. Mm. You know, mm. like I'm, I'm one of those people mm. that I've mm. always got to up the ante a little bit. You know, mm. it's like, okay, I've experienced that. Now what's next? Mm. And yep. then Sounds I started fun. reading and learning about BDSM and then I saw that there was things that were sexual and non-sexual and I love the whole thing of being an adult and actually being able to play games. Much like mm. when we're children, we could play games and we kind of lose that art. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm someone who ne- I don't want to get old. You know? no. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm young at heart and, you know, there's lots of people in my family saying we all, we all keep young for our, for our lives and that's what I want to do and I'm very much a hedonistic mm. person. So. And so how would you convert that into advice for people just starting out? What do you wish someone had said to you back in your early days? Do exactly, like, learn as much as you can from books. When I first started learning, there was only, I think there was Screw the Roses, Send Me the Thorns, um, and there was SM101. Screw the Roses, Send Me the Thorns is a great book for anyone who's out there that's that's wanting to learn and wants that. Well, it's a book, it's, it's very, it's a good read. Uh, and look, there wasn't that much information out there. I, I was into rope bondage. Uh, that was something that I was really interested in, and Japanese rope bondage in particular. But I think there was, Maduri had a, a book out around that time. Um, and then other than that, I had to kind of get um, books that were from Japan and I had to read them backwards because, mm. <laughs> yep. because, I, because I, a lot of people who don't know that, you know, a lot of Japanese books, they start from the back and work their way to the front. So I really didn't, there was, there weren't too many resources out there. So I feel like maybe it would have been good to have more mentors. Um, that would have been really good to, because I was, and I felt like because of my age, in some ways, like I went out to a fetish night, um, in, in Melbourne. Um, and I kind of felt a little bit like I didn't fit in and because of, because of my age, everyone was a lot older than me. And, mm. um, so yeah, look, I wish I had, the, I wish I had better resources. You know, yeah. there was a lot of things that I, you know, I kind of rushed into maybe to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Um, and I right now could have paced myself a lot better. And, and I don't want to make a sound like, um, uh, old crusty types, um, moaning about how easy the kids have got it these days. But the reality is we are living in much more liberal free times. Yeah, and course. for all of its mess, the internet has incredible information and connecting opportunities. Um, I, I guess I'd recommend to folks, um, uh, munches, um, particularly get, getting into BDSM. A munch is a spot where you go along with a bunch of other people, uh, normally during the day, normally bright lights, normally sober environment, um, and you just ask questions and have a munch on some food, which is, I assume, why they're called munches. And no one's expected to play. You're no, it's, an, it's a non-play environment. Yeah, yeah, and it's a spot where it's okay to be asking basic questions. So stuff like that, little little casual community meetups. There's quite a lot of good community development workers within the kink community running things like that. So, yeah. Well, classes, you know, they, they, they really are. They're... They're so important. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and we're, we're so lucky because there's an abundance in Melbourne. Considering the population we've got, yeah. there are so many classes. Particularly in Melbourne. You can just do almost anything, almost any weekend. Yeah. It's happy times. <laughs> 
Um, and I, I would just say, as far as education goes, even though I've been doing this for 17 years now, I still continue to educate myself constantly. Yeah. That's one reason it's so nice to be in Melbourne with all, which of, is, its, which is always, all of its classes. You've got to walk, that occupy that beginner's component. mind. Mm-hmm. I think we touched upon at one point this this idea that if you are going to work with a dominant who says that they know everything, that that's a huge warning flag. Yeah. That you never get to a point where you know everything. That you have to constantly educate yourself. There's always there's always more to learn, more to learn about yourself and the technology that's out there and the equipment that's available to you, as well as each person that you encounter being a unique individual with their own unique nervous system and their own unique psychology. Yeah, yeah, love it. Um, so my thoughts are um, for me. So I'm I identify as about 44 years old these days, and because I'm a bit fastidious, I used to keep a copy of literally everything I downloaded off the internet back in the days of low bandwidth. And the first file I downloaded when I was 18 years old was a how-to Shibari file. Um, so my interests in playing around go back a long, long way. However, one of the bits of advice I would have loved to have given myself or, or to have heard was to slightly more identify with and ingratiate myself with the scene because I made a lot of mistakes and a lot of mess ups and a lot of whoopsies again just through lack of guidance and lack of mentors and if I'd been more at one with the scene the community um, that process would have been a lot smoother and a lot easier so yeah if you're just making it up yourself you're reinventing the wheel and there's so many people out there that have been around the block in all sorts of interesting ways so and just to reiterate what um, Eddie said before Go careful on the internet. There is, mm. I've read some absolutely crazy stuff. And it, it's funny, yeah. in this, this world of yeah. doms and submissives, there's some dominants who really, like, you know, they're, they're sometimes just power hungry. Totally. Or they just want... So, sorry, BJ, I've just got to stop you there. Yeah. Surely you're not saying that uh, people are attracted to the power game because they've got power issues. Be- believe it or not, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Outrageous. <laughs> some people actually want to live out this, Outrageous. <laughs> this inner feelings. <laughs> so just because someone's got a whole lot of jargon and half a dungeon worth of equipment, you can't trust that they actually know what they're doing. Good point. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And if you are planning on doing a mentorship with anyone, really good to check up on references how they're perceived in their community yeah um yeah yeah there is a there is a strong ethical uh, not always so ethical but a strong ethical gossip network out there um the other uh, the other thought the other thing i wish i'd been uh told was um so when i say to myself radio rog time to step into being a dom this is back in the day i would attempt to step into a completely different character or role than myself without actually doing it as a role play but i would assume that a dom needs to be a particular way you know the classic stereotypical presentation is dark shirt and talking down in a commanding way and having a certain voice and never being off their game and so forth and it's just impossible but more importantly, dangerous, um, because it means that I'm starting to, uh, it's too tempting to play outside my school range and do stuff that I think I've seen off TV or whatever, rather than what I'm actually capable of. So my biggest advice is let's just assume that as you are, you are a perfect dom already and just take baby steps in the direction of being more of the dom that you already are rather than pretending or trying to be someone else and if you've set up a date with someone where you've over promised then uh, uh, then 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 claw that back stop that date correct it and say yeah no actually i'm just sort of starting out and what i sort of need is as much as anything is academic play space and if i can just maybe issue one instruction that feels like it's in role then that's going to be my learning target for today 
it's funny sometimes the, the more overconfident dominants are actually the least experienced yeah they're trying to compensate for something that they don't know yeah it's the four stages of learning uh so uh, one of the stages um is uh knowing how much you don't know i think that's the third stage which yep. is a great dom space to be in you're yeah, really aware exactly. of how little you know yes you've actually got objectively a lot of skills and you're not but, trying to latch on to the stereotypes and trying to portray what the stereotypical dominant is you are your own yes version of a dominant yes yes and if you're coming from that place of false bravado i mean you're gonna you're gonna be found out yeah. like you just can't carry on that facade without actually being able to back it up i mean i i can pretty much detect that false bravado from across the room and it's not attractive if you mm. want to be a confident attractive dom it's really being authentically who you are and being honest about your skill level being honest about your personality type like i i know when i first got into the business there's definitely that pressure to really look like you're you're confident and fierce and know what you're doing and through the years just evolving into being who i really am like being playful and mischievous and yeah. like really playing up on my intelligence and not not this fierceness or you know this this sense of superiority or humiliation like that has been so satisfying for me and the types of scenes that i have the types of interactions i have with people is so much more genuine and satisfying yeah I think that's actually and for, for the submissive scene a, a mistress is actually more genuine is more of a turn-on as well like rather yeah. than watching something that's like seeing a script from a movie you're actually getting a genuine experience and for a submissive to be able to see their mistress enjoying themselves um enjoying doing these cruel things to you that can be a massive turn on for the person yeah. as well Oh God, yeah, yeah. This is just good, uh, good sex skills. You, you, the, the person playing with you needs to be able to demonstrate that they're in, genuinely enjoying what they're doing. It makes experience so much happier for you, uh, and, and lets you sink into it so much more. And uh, Ari, I'm just imagining you bouncing into the dungeon in a pterodactyl outfit, <laughs> and just thinking to myself, "Oh my God, I'm screwed." <laughs> yeah, have, have you ever done a session with a velociraptor? I have not, but, but I've heard the stories. <laughs> this is a good example of how you don't need to present in a classically typical way, uh, which is not to be down on the the, the classics and the typicals. There are there are loads of fun, but, but we don't want to be replaced by robots. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we don't. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that's been the question. How do I learn to be a dom? I would love to hear a little more about what the two of you are up to. Uh, perhaps, uh, BJ, uh, what do you do? Who's it for? And where can people find you? So I'm from Eagle Leather, which is a fetish store. It's based in Abbotsford on Hoddle Street. We retail uh, everything from leather clothing, latex clothing, electric sex equipment, um, big dildos. Uh, we're really for the converted, I guess, rather than your more conventional adult stores or vanilla adult stores. Is it a spot where new folks uh, feel comfortable or do you mainly pr uh, just uh, pitch to those that are already in the scene? Or We've actually had a big focus on uh, having um, some new people come along. I would say when I say converted, I mean yeah. people who are a bit tired of buying glittery dildos right. and, <laughs> and that have kind of thought, okay, there's other things out there and they might have a bit of an interest in BDSM. So we've, we've been running introduction to BDSM classes since the early 90s. And what's the website? Where can people find you? www. I don't need to say www. anymore, do I? It's just eaglelever.com.au. Great. Yeah, we can roll with that. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Eri, who are you? What do you do? And where can people find you? Yes. I, um, I run Blue Velvet Arts, which hosts workshops on rope bondage, 
and generally BDSM kink principles and trying to cultivate a consent-based culture. That's, that's really one of the big areas that I focus in that I think is so important. Um, the workshops are very open to complete beginners. Um, most of them, in fact, are tailored to people who have no prior experience with rope bondage. So we start with safety, etiquette, anatomy, basic ties, and then I really encourage my students to build their own style and their own creativity. Mm, love it. And whereabouts can people find you? BlueVelvetArts.com. And uh, I host workshops in various locations around Melbourne. Fantastic. Thank you both so much for sharing your knowledge and perspective and doing that education outreach. It's been so special having your perspectives and opinions. Thank you. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Curious Conversations About Sex, brought to you by CuriousCreatures.biz. Hi friends, it's uh, Rog again. Uh, if you're in Melbourne and you like the sound of what we've been discussing today, you might like one of my workshops, uh, Kink 101. Um, it doesn't assume that you are already interested in kink. I almost think of it more as just ways of extending play and expanding touch. But it does take you through the fundamentals of kink in a really safe, measured, cautious way. It's very much about your boundary setting and communication skills and limits and working out how to proceed safely uh, and also having a load of fun. Uh, I run versions of uh, the workshop for couples and for singles, and uh, there are a couple scheduled in Melbourne coming up, so please jump on the website and have a look. That's curiouscreatures.biz.